Hello and welcome back to another episode of Petty's Pod. Great episode coming up for you guys. We got Grant Feldman coming on the podcast today reviewing Elite 8 and Sweet 16 action. And we're also going to be making our picks for the Final Four and for the championship game. Um, I'm recording this from Indian Wells, California. So if the audio's a little bit worse than it's been in the past, I apologize. Grant is on call as well today. So it might sound a little bit worse than it's been sounding for the past couple episodes. But I apologize. You know, the show must go on. And uh, really excited to uh, review this weekend. A lot to talk about and uh, make our picks for next weekend. So let's get right into it. All right, Grant Feldman on call today. Grant, what's going on? Hey, Tyler. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, so super excited to, uh, to review Sweet 16, Elite Eight, and pick our Final Four and champion uh, for March Madness NCAA tournament. But the first game I want to start with, uh, Grant, is Gonzaga-Arkansas. What's your main takeaway from this game? Well, I think that almost everyone watching this game thought Gonzaga was going to win. And it was a big upset, big win for Arkansas. Huge win for the coach, Musselman. And um, Drew Timmy had a big game for Gonzaga. But overall, JT Note, huge game, 21 points, and a cold upset. Yeah, I mean, this Arkansas team, I, I didn't really hear much about. Like, even in March Madness, I still didn't really focus a lot on them. I even picked UConn to get past them and then play Gonzaga um, in the second round, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but they went out in the first round, so that doesn't really matter. But this guy, Jalen Williams, um, I've seen him on TikTok more than I've seen, seen him on the court. Uh, but what do, what do you think of him? Do you think he can be an NBA player, or do you think he can come back for another year in college? Well, I thought he showed a lot in this game. Um, I know he's just a sophomore, and he's making big plays. He's probably their second-best player throughout this tournament. Um, so I think he definitely could be in the NBA, but I don't think he's going to be like, a first-rounder if he entered the draft. Yeah, sticking, sticking with the topic of the draft, we saw a top prospect, Chet Holmgren, kind of disappear in this game. He obviously had 14 rebounds, but he's he's a big guy. He's, he's expected to do that. But he got in foul trouble early, um, didn't really recover from that, and was on the bench for the last couple minutes of the game. And how, how much do you think that affected this Gonzaga team, Grant? I think that Chet Holmgren is the key to this Gonzaga team, and I think him not having his best game was the reason they lost. But I also think that towards the end of the game, he fouled out, and his last two fouls were both questionable contact fouls. Uh, he's a big guy, and he's going to challenge shots at the rim, and I think him fouling out really affected their morale. But I didn't think that necessarily his last two fouls should have been fouls. I mean, if we're looking back, on honestly, um, to the Memphis-Gonzaga game in the in the round of 32 before this, uh, they really should have lost that game, in my opinion. You saw Jalen Duran and Williams for Memphis get in, get in foul trouble as well. And then Gonzaga just kind of had a lead and didn't really give it up and then eventually won by only four. But, Grant, were you sold on this Gonzaga team? Like, did you think they could? Th- this was the year they could win a championship and not, you know, uh, go out earlier than a lot of people expected? Well, coming into the tournament, I was not a believer in this Gonzaga team. Obviously, I think they were one of the most talented teams in the field. But I also didn't think they had what it take to what it would take to win the championship. In fact, I thought Duke would beat them if they met uh, in the Elite Eight. But they have a good freshman, uh, Chet Holmgren. Drew Timmy was a great player. But they've historically never been able to get over that hump. Right. I mean, 
I've never really trusted this Gonzaga team all year. They've probably been the most inconsistent uh, Gonzaga team over the last couple of years. They've been good for so long now, um, but they still haven't gotten over that hump and gotten a national championship. They made it last year and were heavy favorites, if I remember correctly, against Baylor, and they just lost the game. But bring it back to Arkansas. Um, I've seen a lot of uh, talk on ESPN, Bleacher Report. J.D. Note, super fun to watch, uh, really good player, really good in the, in the tournament this year. Uh, but he's a little undersized. Do you think he can be a good NBA player, or does he need another year of college? Uh, so on J.D. Note, I think I'm split on him because he's obviously very talented. He's also a senior, though, and uh, in the Gonzaga game, he put up 21 points on 9 of 29 shooting, and at points in the game, I was watching him put up Stephen Curry like threes, and I think he had the green light, but he was taking some really bad shots that let Gonzaga get back in the game. So I don't know if necessarily maybe he can make those shots, but I just didn't see like that X factor that he had. Yeah. Um, I was really excited to watch him. Uh, and then obviously in the next round they lost, and he didn't perform as well uh, than, that he did in the Gonzaga game. But uh, Sweet 16, first game reviewed, Arkansas-Gonzaga. Arkansas pull off the upset. Uh, we're both kind of surprised by this Gonzaga team. We both thought they could go a little bit further than the Sweet 16, but it's Gonzaga, you know. And you never know when they're going to get upsetted because over the last couple of years that's been a guarantee that they will get upsetted. So, yeah. All right, so the next game I want to talk about is my Michigan team versus Villanova team who just kind of seemed in control of this one all along, even though they had one of the worst games of the tournament and one of the worst games of the year shooting-wise. Uh, Michigan played great defense, but they couldn't get anything going offensively. Grant, what do you think of this Michigan team and this game overall? So I thought that Michigan went pretty much as far as their players could take them. and They were an 11 seed. They weren't even supposed to be here. And they did a good job representing the Big Ten, who had a terrible tournament for them. Nine teams, none of them got past the Sweet 16. But uh, I thought that Villanova was just too powerful. Yeah, I mean, as a Michigan fan watching this, it was hard to watch. There was times in the first half where you think, okay, you know, we can definitely win this game just based off the defense we were playing, based off the shooting uh, from Villanova, which they're expected to be way better at than they were in this game. But I saw one of my favorite players, Hunter Dickinson, you know, completely fall apart in this game I think it wasn't just him Michigan missed 24 layups or not layups like inside the paint shots they missed 24 of them uh that's unheard of that's unacceptable Dickinson missed 10 shots he's a 70 percent shooter in this tournament so far shoots around 37 percent in this game uh it was it was unbelievable watching all these layups miss really um Grant do you think if they make a couple of those this game changes right despite the bad shooting. And I know beforehand, uh, Hunter Dickinson was talking about the other Big Ten teams that you know had doubted him and stuff, talking about Illinois. But I think he really should have focused more on Villanova because he shot 6-16, which is uncharacteristic for him. As a big man, he's got to do better than that. Yeah, it's not... I mean, the thing is, it's not just him. Uh, Eli Brooks, early in the game, he started 0-6, I'm pretty sure. Hit a couple big threes down the stretch, but it wasn't enough. I mean... But the main thing I want to talk about uh, in this coming out of this game, as a Michigan fan especially, Dickinson, Diabate, and Caleb Houston. One, number one, Caleb Houston. You know, he, he, I just can't with him. He's wide open. It's great. It's a great run offense from Jawan Howard. Caleb Houston's open half the time, but he misses more than half of his shots. He's open for three so much, and uh, 
it's really just unacceptable how many shots he misses. But Grant, Diabate, Dickinson, and Caleb Houston, do you think one will come back? Who do you, who do you think will come back to college, or do you think that all three go to the NBA? I really think that all three of these guys need to come back. On NBADraft.net's uh, mock draft for this year, none of them are being drafted. Caleb Houston scored five against Villanova and zero in the round before that against Tennessee. Uh, these guys just need to develop more, especially Diabate and Houston. Meanwhile, I think Hunter Dickinson is a type of player who's going to be better in college than the NBA, and I think they should come back for another year. Yeah, Luke, he's like a Luka Garza-esque player, Hunter Dickinson. But there's there was there's a play that I recall from this Villanova game where Villanova had the ball in the wing, and Dickinson steps up on uh, Dixon for Villanova, who's at the three-point line. He steps up a little bit too high on him, and then Dixon cuts the basket, and the guy who had the ball for Villanova, you know, finds him on on the split pass to a cutting uh, Dixon for Villanova, and Dickinson cannot recover um, on that play. So I think that that's something you need to be able to do if you're in the NBA, especially uh, as a big man, you know, with the shooting ability from from the fives and fours in the in the big uh, in the NBA. Sorry, uh, right now, but with 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 Caleb Houston. Um, you know, he, he's also should be a senior in high school this year. So let's give him a little bit of a break, but he needs to come back. He, he, he's not NBA ready. He's not, you know, if, if he's playing like this, he's not going to get drafted. Next year, I think he can be a really good player for Michigan. I think Michigan can be a really good team if all three of these guys come back. You know, they have a good recruiting class coming in. Um, but Diabate is the one I'm split on, Grant. Like, I, see, I can definitely see the potential with him in the NBA. What do you think about that? Well, I think Diabate, out of the three players you mentioned, I think that Diabate has the most NBA potential right now. Like, if he were to enter the draft, he'd have a chance. But uh, I just think he's too raw still. I mean, he's still only a freshman. He was a freshman this year, but he's got the NBA size, 6'11", 210. And I think if he comes back for one more year, hones his skills a little bit, and becomes more consistent, I could definitely see him being a first-round pick. Yeah, this. I mean, it's going to be weird this offseason as a Michigan fan. It's going to be interesting to see who goes, who doesn't. Um, but you know, Michigan, like when Jawan Howard play, like when Jawan Howard played, they lost final fours. They lost championships with the fab five due to fundamental errors, free throws, you know, catching passes, uh, just the simple stuff. They go, they've gone out in the past two years, the same way last year against the UCLA, they missed their last, their last eight shots of the game. Um, this year, it's just all around bad shooting for the whole game. And, uh, you know, Michigan really shoot themselves in the foot uh, when it comes down to big games in March. So, but Villanova move on. We'll talk about them in a little bit. Uh, so yeah. All right, next game up, we got Duke, Texas Tech. Um, oh, breaking news! Actually, before we get into this, Grant, uh, if you didn't know, Grant Feldman, he goes to Illinois. Uh, Grant, I just got a notification. Curbelo has entered the NBA draft. Or no, he's entered the transfer portal. Sorry, he's entered the transfer portal. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, that's that's really tough to hear because I know that there's speculation that he's going to enter the transfer portal. He was sat in the second half of Illinois' game against Houston, if you didn't know, in the NCAA tournament. Uh, he's a bit careless with the ball, but that's a huge loss if he leaves Illinois. However, I know Illinois is targeting uh, number 25-ranked Sky Clark, who just uh, uncommitted from Kentucky or decommitted from Kentucky. So if we can replace Curbelo with Sky Clark, then I think it would be all right. 
it, who knows? Maybe that's the reason why he entered the transfer portal. But I would hope so. If Trevello leaves and we don't get someone to replace him, that's a really big loss for Illinois. Yeah, you know, as a as I'm doing a podcast with the Illinois guy, uh, I had to I had to mention that. Um, I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming after he was set in the second half. I could tell. Yeah, I don't really like him as a player, but you know, he's he turns it over, but he's still he's a great passer. He just has a lot of vision. It'll be a tough loss. Yeah, especially your bench points will definitely take a hit as well as one of the top six men in the in the country. But let's get back to it. Duke Texas Tech Sweet Sixteen game. Of course, I've said it before. I've picked I picked Duke to win the whole thing. Um, and it's looking looking pretty good right now. Um, but this game, I was worried for a long. This is a great game. I was worried for a little bit, but this guy Paulo Banchero, I really like him. I think he should be number one in the draft. I think he's the best player in college basketball. Um, but Grant, what was your overall takeaway from this game? So I actually picked Texas Tech to win this game, and Duke proved me wrong, especially Paolo Banchero. He showed me why he's going to be a top three pick in the NBA draft. He can shoot. He can do everything on offense. Offensively, he's good, too. Three steals. Um, and Texas Tech is a really good team, and they just lost narrowly. I think this could have gone either way, but uh, it was a really fun game to watch. Yeah, it was. Um, I think Duke in my opinion, have a guaranteed guaranteed three players going in the first round next year of the NBA draft. What do you think about that, Grant? I think it's I think it's AJ Griffin, Paolo, and uh Mark Williams. So I think that uh Paolo Banchero and AJ Griffin are for sure lottery picks. Those guys have just been so good, especially because they're freshmen. There's so much potential. And then I actually think that Duke is gonna have four first rounders. I think uh along with Wendell Moore and Mark Williams. Because Wendell Moore, he's increased his shooting percentage every year. He shot 20% from three as a freshman, 30% as a sophomore, and this year 40% from three. Mm-hmm. So with that kind of improvement, I think that all those guys can go first round. But yeah, I mean, this is why I picked them. They have the all-around best team, in my opinion. Um, I picked them over Gonzaga if they were going to meet, uh, just because I thought the, they were going to match up really well. But this Tech team, you know, I don't know where they go from here, to be honest. I don't think they're going to be good. Or, or as good as they've been for a long time because they're losing a lot of seniors. They're probably they're one of the oldest teams in college basketball. Um, but yeah, Duke Duke won a close one with Tech in this one. So yeah. All right. So last Sweet Sixteen game we really want to spend some time on is Houston beats the number one seeded Arizona by twelve. Grant, you go to Illinois. You're an Illinois fan. Um, you probably picked Illinois to win this game. I picked Houston to beat Illinois, but you know, does this make you a little bit happier now that this Houston team showed that they're they're one of the best teams? Well, I definitely felt vindicated after Houston beat Arizona because Illinois losing in the second round to Houston was a bad look. You know, second straight year with a second round loss. We lost to a team that beat the number one seed in their region by twelve. And Houston just was dominating against Illinois, dominating against Arizona. And I personally thought they were gonna go to the final four after this game. Um, which they couldn't do, but Houston really looked the part. They just beat them from the start to the finish. Um, I think Benedict Mathurin, uh, I was high on him. Obviously, if you listen to the last podcast, I was really high on him coming into this game. I thought he was going to be the best player on the court. Uh, that was not the case. Uh, he kind of fell apart in the first half and didn't really pick it up. Um, but, I mean, Houston won this game. There's not really much to talk about. They kind of blew him out. Um, 12-point loss from the number one seed, Arizona, who a lot of people had in the championship, uh, maybe winning it. Um, I definitely had them in my final four. They're they're all around. They have really talented players, but 
this Houston team just kind of matched up well with them. Uh, but Grant, what do you think? Uh, what do you think about this Houston team overall? Do you think they can make a run next year or, or no? Uh, I think it depends who comes back because last year Houston was in the Final Four, and mm-hmm. um, now this year you know they went far. And I think that they have a great program. I think that they are really a contender every year. And now transfers are going to want to go there. I think that Houston is setting themselves up for great success. Yeah, this Houston team, you know, they might be a team of the future. So they beat the number one seed. Calvin Sampson, he's been he's been doing a great program. I just want to mention him. Yeah, he's a, he's a good he's a good coach. Um, but yeah, I mean, this Houston team knocks off number one seed at Arizona, who a lot of people had winning. Uh, now we're actually we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about St. Peter's because that's fun to talk about, and then uh, we're gonna move on to Elite Eight uh, review. All right, next the last game I actually want to mention here is St. Peter's versus Purdue. Um, first of all, I'm gonna say, you know, the credibility of this podcast is gone through the roof during March Madness. You know, I picked I picked St. Peter's last week, not to brag, but um, St. Peter's pull off the upset against Purdue. Did you ever think this could happen, Grant, or did you really think Purdue was going to cruise to the Final Four? Well, I did not see, obviously, I didn't see St. Peter's being Kentucky at first, but I didn't see a 15 seed going to the Elite Eight. But if it could happen against anyone, it could happen against a Big Ten team. And Purdue, they've been the best team at this one point in the season. They were the number one overall. But at the same time, their lows have been low, and they show against the St. Peter's team. Yeah, I mean, that's really all we want to mention about this game. But Zach Eady all apart in this one you know we saw we saw um armando baycott have 22 rebounds against the saint peter's team and 7-4 zach Eady had under 10 which is uh, crazy to think about but shout out to saint peter's you know they they lost yesterday to unc then the the run was over the magic has to run out at some point but you know maybe a 15 seed isn't meant to be in the final four but you know one of the best runs of all time and it was really fun to watch so yeah but I have a. I've been wondering this. I've asked a couple of people. Do you think uh, Shaheen Halloway can f- find a better job next year? Or do you think uh, he needs to do this again next year with St. Peter's? I've been hearing rumors that uh, he's looking into becoming the coach at Seton Hall. I think that he's going to go there, and I really think like he's not going to take St. Peter's any farther than this year. So he should use this to his advantage. I wouldn't blame him if he left. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, shout out to St. Peter's. You know what a run. All right, so now we want to talk a little bit about uh, Final Four, Elite Eight. I have Duke going all the way to win the championship. Grant, who are you picking to win the national championship this year, now that you know the Final Four? So knowing the Final Four, I actually want to pick your biggest rival, University of North Carolina. I think that they're going to beat Duke in the Final Four. I think they're going to beat Kansas in the Final. Um, so, yeah, first, I first want to talk about this Villanova-Kansas game. Because um, I think this is a really good matchup. Two teams that kind of control the tempo. Um, you know, let's look at let's look at who's favored here. So, uh, are the spreads out? I don't think. Oh yeah, Kansas is favored by four and a half. I think that's fair. But I watched this Villanova team against Houston. I watched them against Michigan. You know, if they play like they played in either of those games, I think Kansas wins. I think Kansas is just too fast for them. What do you think about that, Grant? Yeah, I think Kansas just has more talent. And another big thing that is a recent development is uh, Justin Moore's injury for Villanova. Right. Uh, he was their second-leading scorer. He just tore his Achilles in the final seconds of their last game. And I think without him, they really don't have the firepower to keep up with Kansas. Yeah, but, you know, 
Ian, Ian Finger said on the last podcast, you don't really pick against Jay Wright in March, but they did lose their second best player, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, it's just my, my dad has been mentioning this the past couple of days. Uh, this Villanova team, once they get a lead, they just kind of waste, waste clock um, and just kind of control the tempo of the game. So Kansas is going to have to overcome that. But do you think, I mean, obviously Villanova can win this game. Um, how do you think they have to do it to uh, beat this really good Kansas team? Well, like you said, they got to get a lead. And Villanova is the number one team in the country in free throw percentage. In fact, I think if they finish the season, I think they're at 83% free throws right now. They would be the number one all-time college team in terms of free throw percentage. So I think they got to use that to their advantage, get a lead late in the game, and they're not going to give up a lead. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the scary part for Kansas. If you're a Kansas fan, uh, that's probably the scary part in this game. But Grant did say he had UNC going all the way and beating Kansas in the final Um next game we're going to talk a little bit about is duke north carolina you know i said it earlier i'm I'm picking duke to win the whole thing i've rode with them since the beginning of march madness so i'm still picking them to win the whole thing um but how crazy is this coach k playing unc for the first time in the tournament let alone in the final four of his last year at duke um i think the keys to this game are taking armando baycott out of the game i think mark williams will take him out of the game and uh, that's going to be a big problem for UNC. Obviously, I think he can get the rebounds that he's been getting, averaging 12.8 rebounds on the season and 16 points. But I think Armando Baycott is the key in this game. If he has a bad game, I think Duke wins. If he has a really good game, I think UNC wins. Um, but Grant, what do you think this key, the keys for UNC are in this game? I think UNC has to play their strengths, and I think everyone has to contribute. Um, I think so... Armando Baycott hasn't done as well as he has the whole season against Duke, but then they have other players who can step up. I really think Brady Manick, he, he went off against Baylor at 26 points before getting ejected. And Caleb Love, he had 30 points versus UCLA. He carried them to that win. But the round before, he had only five points in their win versus Baylor. They still won that. But I think anyone can step up and contribute. I think they're so versatile that if Duke has an off game, the North Carolina is going to take advantage. They haven't lost in a lot of games. But just look, these matchups are, it's going to be so fun to watch these matchups. you got Armando Baycott versus Mark Williams, two of the best centers in college basketball right now. Um, you got Paolo Banchero versus Brady Manick, two very similar players. Um, one's obviously a lot more talented, uh, Paolo Banchero, but Brady Manick's one of the hottest players in the country right now. He just knocks down shots uh, inside, three-pointer, he's got it all. And then, you know, Roach versus R.J. Davis is another great matchup. And then I think another really good one, it's two very similar players, Wendell Moore versus Caleb Love, the guy you mentioned. I think that's a very good matchup. Um, but this game's going to be so fun. If you had to pick a score for this one, Grant, you're picking UNC, obviously. What do you think the score would be? Let's see. I think that uh, – so UNC's had a kind of wide variety of scores. You know, they beat St. Peter's, only gave up 49 points, scored 69. They scored 73 against UCLA. The thing is, Baylor, in overtime, they scored 93. In the round before, they scored 95 against Marquette. So I think that both these teams are going to grind and play good defense, but there are so many good scores. I think that the score is going to be somewhere around 78, 75. Yeah. Um, I think the key the key in this game is is obviously, like I said, the centers. But it, it's like Grant said, who else is going to contribute? Because um, I think Brady Manick, Armando Baycott, and Mark Williams and Paolo Banchero, uh, both duos for both teams, I think they'll both you know do what they do. 
but it's the I think fifteen points from a guy like Wendell Moore or R.J. Davis uh, either either wins wins or loses a game for for one team. What do you think about that, Grant? Yeah, I think that there's really a ton of X factors. There's not just one for each team, but there's two things I want to look at in this game that are both reasons you could pick either Duke or UNC. In the last uh, Coach K's last home game of his career at Duke. Uh, UNC upset them 94 to 81. That was a huge upset at the yeah. time. Nobody thought UNC was going to win, but they carried that momentum into March. But it's really hard to beat a good team twice, especially after being embarrassed in their last home game. I think Coach K would not want to lose again to UNC in his last season. That would leave a stain on his uh, historical resume. But at the same time, I think that it's hard to win with a star freshman as your best player. The last few number one overall picks haven't gone far in the tournament if they've made it at all. And I think Paolo Banchero. He's carried them pretty far, but he might be different, but I don't know if a freshman can carry a team in March. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, they have they have older players, too. You know, Roach is their point guard. Uh, Mark Williams is, is still young. He's a sophomore. Um, I think, I'm not sure, but I think Wendell Moore has been there for a couple of years. Um, but definitely, uh, UNC has the experience. Uh, you know, Armando Baycott's, a, is he a senior or junior this year? Uh, Baycott's a junior. Yeah, um, so he's a junior, so he has experience. He obviously was coached by Roy Williams as well. Um, but, you know, we both think the winner, whoever wins this game is beating Kansas or Villanova. Uh, it's a close game. It's going to be a close game, yeah, no matter how you look at it. It's going to be really fun to watch. But, you know, that's going to do it for this episode of Petty's Pod, recording from California. Thanks, Grant, for coming on. Thanks for having me, Tyler. It was fun to talk. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course, you know. It's been fun to watch March Madness. Wraps up next weekend. Uh, We'll have a pod probably after the national championship game next weekend. Um, So thanks for listening.